this is a bonus episode of extra content from Chris's and my interview of author and musician John Borak. He talks about concerts he's seen, projects he's been involved with, and all sorts of insights. Check it out. So with all those gigs on your docket, John, what are you up to this summer? Uh, You know, just playing a lot. Uh, I play in a Beatles band called Let It Be. Uh, We don't wear the costumes and the mustaches and all that jazz, which is kind of nice. And we have a regular gig down at the beach in Huntington Beach, California, doing brunch with the Beatles every Sunday. So I get to play Beatles music, get to uh, channel my inner Ringo, and uh, look at the beautiful Pacific Ocean uh, every Sunday morning. So it's a pretty pretty sweet gig. So doing that and writing and um, DJing and staying busy. Are the pop dudes still active as well? Well, it depends on your definition of active, I suppose. Uh, we don't play live anymore, and we haven't for a long time. We do still record stuff, and rumor has it there's going to be a new release coming out in 2024, collecting a bunch of old stuff and some new stuff that hasn't been uh, hasn't been out yet. So we're uh, we're not dead yet. Quite the rumor mill is in full force. Oh sure. Uh, you- you came to my attention a while back. You had produced a uh, compilation CD called The Right to Choose. Do you remember that? I do. <laughs> it's, it's funny. You just reminded me of that Chris Farley, uh, um, Paul, Wasn't that great? Uh, Paul McCartney sketch. So you uh, yeah. you were in a band called The Beatles. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. Why, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was funny. Um, anyway, yeah, 2002 that came out on the uh, late, great, not lame label. And uh, a gentleman named Peter Kuehl, you guys may have heard of him, did the cover photography. Uh, it was uh, all 60s and early 70s bubblegum tracks done by uh, then-current indie pop artists. Hard to believe it's been 20 years. Man, a lot of fun. Yeah, you you really got the cream of the crop for that right around that period. There were a lot of great artists represented there. But the question is, why can't we stream that? Is that is that in the works? Is that something that Not Lame is looking at? That's a good question. I will need to talk to Mr. Brodeen and see how we get that streamed or maybe even get it, you know, re-released. That would be pretty cool. Me, that would be uh, great. Yeah. Let me make a note of that. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have a to-do list by the time this episode there is over. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of came up in conversation with us recently just about how CDs, some of them, are still the only way you can find particular releases, particular songs, because they're not streaming and maybe they never came out on vinyl. So CDs still have a place. Oh, definitely. And, you know, the the funny, well, not really ha-ha funny, but strange thing is uh, Bruce at Not Lame had a bunch of those uh, discs in his basement, and then I think it was flooded. And oh, no. all the discs were uh, ruined. So now it's uh, quite the collectible, I've been told. Okay. So if, if one happens to come into your shop, Chris, I uh, might want to snap that up. I know I've got my copy, and Paul, you can borrow that one. And I think coming up, you are a, one of the um, associate producers on the Power Pop movie. Is that correct, too, right? Well, that's that's what they tell me. And um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what does an associate producer actually do, John? Well, uh, waits for the movie to come out is, is, what, this, <laughs> is what this associate producer is doing. Uh, no, I, I really hope it does come out because we're coming on the 10-year anniversary of it being announced. And we yeah. keep getting these updates saying it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. So hopefully while we're all still here walking the earth, the, the movie will make an appearance and we'll all be able to enjoy it. But I know Justin Fielding, the producer, is working hard on it. And um, what I did actually, in addition to be interviewed, was help to hook him up with a couple of artists out here in Southern California. Um, Scott McCarl, a former bass player of Raspberries, was one of them. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Yeah, but it's it's more of just uh, I don't know. I'm more of a figurehead than an actual producer doing anything. But uh, yeah, gotcha. Definitely hope hope uh, hope it sees the light of day. I would imagine over the course of the years, you've seen some pretty amazing shows. What were one or two that were really magical in your world? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, a lot of the Poptopia and early international pop overthrow shows were amazing uh, here in L.A. I also traveled uh, to your neck of the woods. I was in Chicago in 2003 for international pop overthrow and saw off-Broadway play the late Cliff Johnson on vocals, and that was incredible. Incredible. But, you know, I've seen... I've seen a lot of people. I've seen, you know, for the larger uh, the larger shows, bigger artists, I've seen Paul McCartney six or seven times. That's always great, you know, being a big Beatles buff as I am. Um, seen Ringo in concert a couple of times, Elvis Costello several times. But, you know, a lot of really cool power pop shows over the years. Uh, bands like, oh gosh, The Muffs. You know, pretty much every indie power pop band you can imagine you know, from 2000 up till now, I've seen at some point and um, too many to really narrow it down to, to just a handful. But it's been really cool being able to see all, all these artists over the years perform live. Did you ever get a chance to see Jellyfish? You know, I did not. Uh, Me neither. Sadly, and I, I wish I could have. They performed not far from here several times. And just at that point in my life, I don't think I was going out seeing a lot of live shows early to mid nineties and just didn't make it out to see them. But uh, I certainly wish I, wish I would have, I've seen Roger Joseph Manning uh, live uh, a couple of times and that was very enjoyable. What about the namesake for IPO ever get a chance to see material issue? I did. I did. And that was one I, I should have mentioned. I saw them before the international pop overthrow album came out not long before. So it would have been, I don't know, 90 or early 91, maybe. They came out here and played a small club in Long Beach, which has since been torn down, called Bogarts. And mm-hmm. they and they opened for a band called Shoes. So oh, sure. that was that was amazing. Um, you know, I, I've been a Shoes fan for several years, uh, many years. Also released uh, uh, or produced a, a, a tribute to Shoes back in, oh gosh, when was that? 2001. So it was a real treat to meet them and see them and see Material Issue open for them. So that's a show I'll always remember, definitely. I'm going to pick your brain a little bit about that thing you do. So the Tom Hanks film, uh, Adam Schlesinger wrote the song, Mike Viola sang the song. I don't know if you, how about your knowledge base is, but from what I understand, they put that out to a number of different songwriters to write the theme song for that. There are a lot of different songs called That Thing You Do. And, they, and they've shown up on like, you know, B-sides and um, bonus tracks or CDs. Um, I think the Knack, they uh, submitted it for the movie. Dwight Twilley, I believe, did a song wow. called That Thing You Do, submitted okay. it for the movie. So, yeah, there were there were quite a few uh, submissions, some of them by some relatively big names in the pop world. But ultimately, I think they, uh, they, they chose the right one. That's just one of those timeless tunes that, you know, another one that when it comes on, you know, I, I turn it up. I, I don't turn it off. It's funny how, how you can sometimes find members of these bands. When I was putting together Shake Some Action 2.0, I tried to get quotes from at least one member of, of each band or from a solo artist, if it was a solo artist, whose uh, album I had written about. And I had pretty good success. I think I only missed maybe, you know, 
uh, of the folks who were still with us, I think I only missed about five people. Couldn't find about five, you know, maybe five of the 200. And one, one that was particularly tough to track down was a band called Yankee Rose, who I know you guys are familiar with because you've played them on your show, which also amazed me because I, I didn't know anyone else knew Yankee Rose. And when you mentioned San, San Gabriel, it, it reminded me of them because they were from that same general vicinity. I think they were from Pasadena or around the Pasadena area. Yeah. And so I, I did a, a Google search and, and, you know, one thing led to another, to another, to another. And, and I found the lead singer, Mike Adams, which, of course, it's impossible to Google Mike Adams, <laughs> yeah. you know, but John uh, Smith. I found mm-hmm. out that he now plays Mick Jagger in a Stones tribute band wow. uh, here in Southern California and goes by the name Mick Adams. <laughs> Funny enough. <laughs> And uh, had lot had lots of cool things that he told me about Yankee Rose, how they were on the cusp of signing a major label deal with Geffen, and then the bass player player quit, and the band fell apart. And so you never know where you're going to find these people, whether you know you Google search and you run across them on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. But yeah, very very. Uh, <laughs>